Love it, love it. Welcome, friends in the room, friends in Fort Worth, Houston, uh, Tulsa, everywhere that you are joining us tonight as we wrap up this series, Bad Advice, and we uh, look towards next week, which you already heard about, The Unseen, as we just explore what it looks like as Christians to uh, fight and battle in the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare. So tonight we'll wrap up the series, Bad Advice. I'm gonna start with a a story that'll give us some traction for where we're going. Uh, When I was a senior in college uh, at Texas A&M, me and some, <laughs> man, it is Aggies here. Did not see that coming. Um, my senior year spring break, me and three other friends decided, hey, we're gonna go on a road trip. It's our last spring break of all time. You don't get these in the real world, so we're really excited. We're gonna go take a road trip together. We will decide the destinations of the road trip uh, some, at some later point. So we had just talked about this idea conceptually, and then as we got closer and closer to spring break, we're like, we'll figure it out when we get there. None of us were really planners, but uh, the four of us total would go on a road trip. The day before spring break begins, it's Friday. Everyone's left town. We're sitting in College Station trying to figure out what are we gonna do for spring break. We decide we're either gonna go west or we're gonna go east. And we'll just throw a number on three, one for west, two for east. We'll do a collective vote. It's a dem- democracy. And we throw a vote, one, two, three, shoot. And east won as a count of three to one. So we get in the car and we just take off going east. We're gonna do a road trip for the next eight days. In the car, the ways that we decide what destinations we're gonna go to would just be uh, whoever was a part out of the four of us that either knew someone in the town that we could go to and go to stay at, because we're poor college students, uh, or who had a, a desire to really see something east of you know, Texas would be uh, a part, and we just allow that to factor in. Collectively, we would decide the destination. So we take off, we head up towards Tennessee, stop in Memphis, walk in in Memphis, see Graceland, which is really not that impressive if you haven't been there. But we're stopping there in Nashville. Graceland is Elvis's place, for those of you who don't know what that is. We stop in Nashville. We go and see, you know, Music City and Knoxville and go in the Smoky Mountains. We head to South Carolina, Charleston, because somebody uh, had a connection over there, just like they had a connection of a place to stay in Knoxville. And then we uh, continue on. We, didn't, uh, we, we head towards Savannah, Georgia. We didn't have any connections there, but... One of the guys was like, I did a project in fourth grade on Savannah. How about we go there? I'm like, I guess that'll work. And we're, we're out here in the middle of nowhere anyways. And so we go to Savannah, we stay there. And then another guy was dating a girl at the time in Florida and somehow convinced us to drive hundreds of miles out of the way to go see her and her friends on vacation and hang out with uh, his girlfriend and, and their girls. And, uh, and that relationship didn't even last. So how about that? And so we... Uh, Drive down there, we stay with them, we hang out there, and then we go to a family member of somebody in the car. Uh, We stop in Baton Rouge, and then eventually we make it home. Uh, Eight states later, or 10 states later, however many it was, thousands of miles, these guys staying in either a friend's home or America's Best Value Inn, which (laughs) is, I'm not sure, it's a tall claim to be America's Best Value, and I'm not sure it lives up to it. It was like the kind of places where you like sleep in the sleeping bag on top of the, the sheets of things. Because what happens in America's Best Value may not stay in America's Best Value. So all that to say, throughout the entire journey, it was the collective uh, decisions of the group together and the different people involved on the journey, the different passengers that spoke into and determined the different destinations and the different directions throughout that journey that we would head. Now, why would I start there? Because in the same way, life, it almost goes without saying, is a journey, and on this journey that each of us is on, it is those 
passengers or the closest relationship to us, relationships to us, the closest friends to us, if you will, who will determine at every single turn the direction and destinations of your life and of my life. Like if I was to say, hey, who are your five closest friends? Because those friends are going to determine the destinations of who you marry, when you marry, where you work, how your uh, you know, financials go, these different things in your life. You'd be like, that sounds crazy. And the reality is, as we're gonna see tonight, it's not far from the truth. That each of us is on a journey and the passengers or the people closest to us in life will determine the direction of our life, the destinations that we're headed towards. Uh, the simplest way to say it would be friends determine, each of us friends, the relationship we have our friends determine the direction and destination of our lives. Now why or what does that have to do with bad advice? Well that brings us to tonight's topic as we wrap up the series, which is the final piece of bad advice which relates to friendship. And it's this piece of bad advice. That I can't abandon my friends. I can't turn my back on my friends. You know, they're my people. Uh, I can't just, you know, walk away from them just because I'm kind of growing in this whole God thing. I'm stepping into deeper levels of, of my faith. I can't, though, totally walk away and abandon. And I can't change my friends, ride or die, man. I can't go away from these people. And the reason that is bad advice is because just like in that situation where, hey, the friends determine the direction and destination of your life, if your friends are not headed in the right direction or they're headed in the wrong direction, they are gonna take along with them you as collateral damage. That if you and I live by the mindset of, man, I just, I can't abandon my friends despite the fact that the friends that I don't want to separate from or uh, put some distance between are gonna pull me down, it's gonna cost you. And it's gonna cost me. Tonight, we're specifically gonna look at what uh, the Bible has to say is it gives us just a couple principles related to the idea of how powerful friendship is, how dangerous it is if you and I associate or, or live in close relationship with, allow us to be under the influence of people who are not headed in the right direction, people who are not uh, following Jesus, if you will, and seeking to align themselves with other people who do. Tonight's bad advice, or tonight's, principles from God's word, if you apply them, here's what I know about you and here's what I know about me. Almost every other message that we covered here with maybe a couple exceptions, if you apply the principles from God's word tonight, the rest of your life really is gonna figure itself out. And your life is gonna experience so much of the way that God intended and designed and really the future, the preferred future that you want. And if you don't apply, and I don't apply what... Uh, Solomon and the Apostle Paul are gonna tell us tonight, then what's at stake is far more than just fringe circles, but our faith as people wander from the faith because of a result of refusing to say, I'm gonna cut off these relationships for a season. Your future in terms of uh, even your own life, Solomon's gonna say. And so we're gonna explore two principles, two principles as it relates to friendship and a person that you and I are to uh, look for or to uh, make sure to have in our closest circle of friends. We're gonna start in 1 Corinthians 15 and just look up. Normally we teach a passage of scripture. We'll pick one passage of scripture, pull out three points and go from there. Really tonight, we're gonna look at these three um, different passages of scripture and pull out two principles and then the person that all of us are to look for. The first one comes from 1 Corinthians 15. If you have, don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. And uh, in verse 33, where Paul says this as it relates to the topic of friendship. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins, or you may have corrupts, good morals. 
Do not be deceived. Why would Paul have to say, do not be deceived? Bad company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived, as in like, uh, or your version makes it, don't misled. As in people are deceived by this idea that I can hang out with people who have a different standard of morality than I do, who have a different, uh, you know, different convictions around what they believe, who have different morals than I do, and it won't get off on me. It won't um, impact me. And Paul would say, you are being deceived. You cannot spend time with people who have uh, a morality that differs from you and not be affected by it. The first idea from this text that Paul's gonna say is that, man, your friends are more powerful than your convictions. Our friends are more powerful and stronger than our convictions. Our friends are stronger than our convictions. That if you run with the wrong people, there is not a, um, there's not enough sermons in the world to save you from being impacted and being uh, led astray, Paul would say. There's not enough churches in. It's like, in other words, if you come every single Tuesday night where you're hanging with the wrong people, uh, you are going to be impacted by it. And you're gonna be pulled in the wrong direction of your life. That our friends have more power over our convictions. I mean, think about it. We, we've all like seen this. If you look back at any nature and kind of the uh, decisions in your past and how they were influenced by not conviction level uh, decisions often, but by the company that we keep. Like, like here's... If you uh, have ever smoked a cigarette before, the first cigarette you smoked, here's what I know. You were probably with somebody. In other words, you didn't wake up one day and be like, you know what, today's my day. I'm doing it. Let's do this. Get a pack. <laughs> somebody introduced it to you. The first uh, alcohol, whatever drink you had, the first time you smoked pot, whatever it is, you were in the context or in the company of somebody else. That it was in the company of people that, that you made that decision. Whatever your sexual history is, here's what I know. It is connected to the friends that you ran with either in high school or in college or whenever you began uh, stepping into whatever that sexual activity looked like, that all of us have been shaped by the company that we keep. It's stronger than the conviction we have. Just like not only does it happen not in isolation, so many of the decisions, so many addictions even start because of the company that we kept. We were introduced to something through someone's pornography. For many of us, like my story, was introduced in the context of other people, wouldn't just randomly sought after individually in isolation. And not only that, you can see that it's, it's, the company is stronger than the convictions you hold because just like in that situation with the cigarettes, it wasn't just like in isolation that you do it, but it's also not, generally speaking, a result of you changing your convictions on something. Like the first time you smoked marijuana probably wasn't because you're like, you know what, it's an herb. I think it's from the earth. My convictions on this have really shifted. Does anyone have marijuana? No, it was when somebody introduced it to you and you were like, you know what, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's legal in Colorado, who cares? And all of a sudden, you made a decision not based on the conviction level changed, but influenced and determined by the company that you keep. And Paul says, if you run with the wrong people, you will run in the wrong direction. Every single time, no matter how good your church attendance is, no matter how much Bible you read and how good your quiet times are, if you surround yourself with the wrong people, you will move your life in the wrong direction. And it's going to cost you and it's gonna cost me that we've all like seen it. Like it's almost cliche at this point to say like, like none of us, we're just not strong enough at a conviction level. 
Like if you're back in church, <clears throat> maybe for the first time in a while, or maybe you, you have been joining us for a while and you're like, dude, I just love the porch, man. Positive vibes. I feel like God's at work in my life and growing and, and I want to continue this journey. But, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, care for my friends because I want them to experience what I'm getting to experience. And people will come down and they'll just be like, so really what I'm doing is, is using an opportunity to just be like a light in the world. I'm just trying to be a light and we're hanging out. And so when we go out, you know, for the next six weeks, I'm going to be the designated driver. I'm going to be designated driver, which slowly moves into, you know what, you know, it's, it's her birthday. I'm going to have one birthday shot. We're going to do an Uber. We're going to do an Uber, one birthday shot. All of a sudden, oh man, well, you know, a couple of drinks. It's her birthday. We're going to go out. It's her birthday. And on and on and on from there it goes. And there's always something to celebrate. There's always like, hey, it's Bob's one year anniversary at work. You know, it's 4th of July, St. Patrick's Day. It's Earth Day. There's always something. And all of a sudden, you've moved in the direction and the company that you keep is stronger than whatever conviction you make, whatever New Year's resolution you make, whatever discipline that you try to enforce, the company that you and I keep is going to determine and is, is stronger than the convictions that you and I will hold. It's stronger, think about this, in your faith, that it has the ability to impact you like nothing else in life. And Paul says, do not be deceived. Don't be a fool. Don't deceive yourself. Don't be deceived. The company you keep is stronger than the convictions you hold. It's just a principle. And a principle is one of those things that like anytime that you violate it or anytime that you go against it, you don't break the principle, it breaks you. Like if you keep company and you run with fools, it's going to hurt you. Uh, you cannot, it, the company you keep is stronger than the convictions you hold. And Paul says it's just a principle. It's, it's not dissimilar to this. I think this is... Yeah, so here's what this is. <laughs> what if I was like, never mind. Okay, um, like an animal or something jumps out. Okay, so this is what I call a piece of paper. We've all seen one of these before. This is, because that's what it is. And this is fire. You know what happens when you take fire and paper together? Man. When you put fire and paper together, something happens every single time based on the principle of what it is it all of a sudden begins to burn, okay? So there's one. So this piece of paper is different. This piece of paper is disciplined. It's memorized a lot of Bible verses. It comes to the porch every Tuesday night and it is committed to not catching on fire despite getting close to the fire. Here's what's gonna happen or we'll just see how well it does. <laughs> well, oh well, I guess that didn't work. Why? Because the principle behind it is that anytime you take paper Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Anytime you take paper and fire and you put them together, it's going to burn. It's just a principle. Paul says it is a principle. The company that you keep is going to either corrupt or you are going to conform to the morals of the company that you keep. It's a principle. You cannot uh, uh, keep the wrong company and not get burned. And if you and I are not careful to make sure that we surround ourselves, the closest relationships that we have are people who are like-minded, faith-driven, focused on that, and not pulling us down. Paul says the company you keep is stronger than the convictions that you're going to hold. So that's our first principle. Our second principle comes from Solomon, King Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. He was a guy who was king of Israel. Uh, God basically came to him and said, hey, I, I'm gonna allow you to have, you can ask me for whatever you want, and I'll give you that thing. Solomon said, hey, give me wisdom to rule your people. God says, man, because you did that, I'm gonna give you wisdom and just tons of favor and blessing. Solomon becomes the wisest man who ever lives, and he, interestingly enough, 
If anyone you would think is so wise that they really don't need to write a ton about getting wise counsel and you know, other relationships, it would be him. Solomon writes more about the importance of having good friends, wise friends, and wise counselors than anyone else in the Bible. And here's what he says as it relates to the companions that you keep or the people that influence your life. This is Proverbs 13, verse 20. So be on the screen in case you wanna flip there or in case you don't flip there. Whoever walks with or lives with or lives under the direction of, influence of, the wise becomes wise. In other words, if you live with a wise person, a wise person, biblically speaking, is someone who knows God and seeks to follow God's way. Whoever walks with someone who knows God and seeks to follow God's way, it's like that wiseness gets off on them. You catch it. If you hang around wise people, you're gonna catch it. And then he says this, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. But in other words, it's not the companion of fools. If you become, hang out with wise, you're gonna become wise. You hang out with fools and you get hurt, is what Solomon says. You don't just become a fool. You end up experiencing pain as a result of it inside of your life and inside of my life that, that Solomon tells us And a fool, biblically speaking, is someone who knows the difference between a right and wrong and just doesn't care. Like, there's someone who you're like, dude, you know if you get caught with that, you could go to jail. They're not like, oh my gosh, you serious? We gotta get rid of this right now. They're like, yeah, I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. Or, man, it's worth it. Or, I don't care. A fool is someone who knows the difference and yet does it. And Solomon says, if you walk with wise, you become wise. If you walk with fools, you are going to become a fool and pay for it. You're going to suffer for it. He says, what we've said here before, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Our second idea from the text, or the second principle that scripture tells us is our friends determine our future. The friends that you have and the friends that I have will determine your future. Here's what I, here's what I want you to think about. Everyone's side of the room. Who are your five closest friends? Like begin to think about them. You can write them down. You can elbow. Hey, me and you, buddy, besties. You can do whatever you want, but think about who are the five closest friends that you have? It's been long said what Solomon is alluding to here, that our friends are gonna determine our future. Our friends are gonna forecast who we're becoming and the life that we're gonna experience. And sociologists have said, hey man, your five closest friends, you will be the average of your five closest friends. You will be impacted by the five closest friends you have. The person you are becoming is directly connected to your five closest friends. You and I are the sum of the someones inside of our life. Who are the five closest friends and are they the people that are gonna push you? Are they the type of person where you're like, man, if I could just continue to move in that direction, if my life continues to move in that direction, I'm excited about that. Are you dating someone right now? Man, this is so huge, gosh. If your boyfriend or girlfriend, if you think about their five closest friends and you're like, man, his friends are idiots, you should have serious pause. Even if you're like, yeah, you know, he's such a great guy and his friends are so terrible that in contrast, he's like amazing. Every time I'm around him, you should have serious pause. I'm being so serious, please. Same thing with her because she is gonna become and she is becoming the average or she's being impacted by her five closest friends, just like you and just like I am inside of my life. That Solomon says your friends are gonna determine your future for the better, uh, you don't, Grow your faith in isolation. That the Christian faith is lived out and flourishes with other people in our life that help encourage us, hold us accountable. So you're either gonna become wise and grow in your faith and grow with others in your life as a result of who's, who you run with or you're gonna experience it for the worse. I mean, I think if you're anything like me, the verse, 
the second half of the verse about, man, if you run with fools, you're gonna experience harm. Um, you probably have friends. I have friends that are not alive today because of that. Because they got in a car, they'd been drinking too much, they were hanging with fools, and they got in an accident. There's friends that you may, like me, have that are on probation because they were hanging with the wrong people and they suffered for it. Friends that have spent time in prison because they were with the wrong people and they paid for it. And Solomon says, man, you cannot run with fools and not get burned. You will pay for it. Surround yourself with wise people, people who are seeking to know God. It's gonna harm you. If you hang with fools, it'll harm your dating life, your spiritual life, in every arena of your life. You're going to experience pain or damage from it. Am I telling you that if you look around, you're like, man, these people are, are really not the type of people who are gonna encourage and push me in our faith. Are you saying, David, I need to change my friends? Really? Yes. I'm saying change your friends. You need to unfriend them. They are hurting you and they're going to hurt you. Just like, uh, you know, if you've ever broken up with someone before and all of a sudden you go home and uh, like you can't stop stalking them on Facebook because you're like, oh my gosh, look, she's out with someone else. And you have to eventually unfriend them on Facebook because you're like, this is only hurting me. In the same way, Solomon would say that there are friends in your life that you have to unfriend, even if it's just for a season, not on social media, in life, you have to cut off. Does that mean that, hey, you have to like not make eye contact and totally avoid? No, it means that, hey, you may have to have some conversations. I can't hang out with you on Friday nights at the bar anymore. It's like not good for me right now. We can go to lunch, I love you, I care about you, but during this season, man, I just feel like I'm too easily tempted because I'm in a place where, it, Man, I think that I could probably pull people up, but the truth is I'm just gonna get pulled down. And Solomon would say, if you run with fools, it's gonna cost you every time. It's a principle. And you don't break principles. They break you and they break me. All of us, here's what I know about your story and about my story, is like your story today um, is like mine. It's been impacted and shaped by this principle, for better or for worse. Like uh, whatever the story you have inside of your life, it has either been one where God has provided good friends or friends and through those friends and relationships of people who know Jesus, or not perfectly, but they just try to walk with him, he's protected you from things. Or he, um, that wasn't a part of the story that you had and you were surrounded by people and you've experienced pain or you've experienced just making stupid decisions. I mean, JP in my story is very, very different and it's because of this one issue. JP's story, like, he'll tell a story. He's like, dude, sat in the bar, you know, smell like smoke. I was here, here, that was here. And uh, it just say things. I'm like, man, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, bottle service and this stripper was over here. I'm like, dude, where were your parents? That's what I want to know. And, uh, <laughs> and like drugs or things. I'm like, man, the D.A.R.E. program really had an impact on me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and here's the truth, though, is, is there's no difference between he and I around this one issue, like he was surrounded by fools and the friends that I had, there was nothing good and nothing better about, uh, there's nothing, anything good that came out of the story of, of just God's protection inside of my life was all a result of friends, not a result of anything better or worse. And your story, whatever it is, has been shaped by this idea of like God's source of protection and provision is through relationships with people who know him and his desire for you in the future as it is already, as you can look back in your past and see the power of relationships, his desire for you in the future, because friends determine your future, is that you would have friends who know God, who walk with him, and who wanna help you and encourage you walk with him. The husband and, or wife you will be someday is being right now shaped by your five closest friends. 
Are they the right friends? Are they the friends that you want to speak into? The man, the woman, the mother that you're gonna be someday. Your future is being determined by your friends. Are you surrounded by the right people? Just like your past was determined and shaped by those closest to you. And Solomon would say, walk with wise. Walk with wise people. And if you don't and you walk with fools, you're gonna pay for it. Solomon says next, not only how, uh, or not just these two different principles about how our friends determine our future and how our friends are stronger than our convictions, but he really goes into how we are to choose our friends. So here's what he says in Proverbs 12, verse 26. The righteous, in other words, people who want to live the right life, people who um, know God, want to walk with him, and want to live righteously or rightly, they choose their friends carefully. Look at that. People who want to live the right life or righteous life, they choose their friends carefully. The word for choose is literally the word spies, as in like they're like sneaking behind the bushes, looking at the friend, being like, I don't know if this guy's in. That's the word that Solomon says. Hey, when it comes to the closest relationships you have, the word for friends is literally the word secret inner place. Someone who exchanges with you at the most intimate, intimate level, he says, you need to choose very carefully who's gonna be inside of your inner circle of friends, inner circle of relationships. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. Our third idea from the text is choose your friends carefully. That friends are not, especially, man, as you enter into a young adulthood, it's no longer just I met Billy at school by chance. The relationships you're gonna have are gonna be forged by choice. And he says, choose the friends that you're gonna have carefully. Choose the friends you're gonna have carefully. And so here's, here's where I think we get like tripped up is there's verses like this and then you go, wait a second, but, but I'm also the light of the world, right? And I'm also, you know, Jesus was a friend of sinners and I'm supposed to go into the world, make disciples of all people. And so how am I supposed to do that with also making sure that I don't hang out with people who corrupt my morals or who are fools? How do I do that tension and walk along that tension well? And the truth is, it is a tension that exists in Scripture. But there are seasons inside of your life and inside of my life where as you spiritually grow and as I spiritually grow, we have to cut off the bad uh, uh, companions or friends inside of our life who are just going to mess with our morals, who are going to lead us astray from walking in our faith. It's It's not dissimilar to a tree. Like a tree has to have its roots go deeper into the ground before its branches can go wide. In other words, the deeper the roots go into the ground, the wider the branches can grow. In the same way, the Christian life, if you're, man, if you're trying to like grow in your faith, you have got to go deeper spiritually. You gotta let the roots of your faith grow deeper into the soil of God's word, of God's people, and allow that to be strong so that the reach of your branches, the reach of your friends and influence can be broad and can be wide. Tension exists that you and I are to, at times, cut off relationships for a season to grow. As we say, change your playmates and your playgrounds so that your faith could grow stronger. In addition to that, you and I are to make sure that when it comes to the closest level of our relationship, the core people in our life, if you're a Christian, it's not an option for you. You have to be intentional. The core relationships you have must be followers of Jesus because you cannot run with fools, have your closest friends be fools, and not suffer for it. It's, it's like this, here's, here's like a graph that'll show a little bit of it. So if, 
uh, inside of these three layers of relationships that we have. There's people that we want to engage with and people we want to be friends with, people that are not necessarily believers we can pray with, we can hang out, you know, go to take to lunch and support and, and let them know that we care about them. We put those inside of the level of care. These are people who are not necessarily believers. You work around them. Maybe they're friends from high school. Maybe they're like, hey, she was my best friend since fourth grade, but I just became a Christian and I'm trying to figure this out. You would put her inside of that care circle. Then the circle of influence and circle of core. These are both uh, circles that are filled with people who are following Jesus, not saying I'm a Christian, people who are following Christ. Circle of influence is, is closer friends or is, is kind of friends, borderline acquaintances, similar worldview. We run in the same circle of influence. Then there's the core. These would be your community group. This would be your closest relationships. This is not an option for a believer in Jesus. This has to be Christ followers, that the closest people in your life and in my life the people who are the passengers in the car must be Christians. Solomon says, choose your friends carefully. Don't be a fool. And choose and make sure that those inside of your inner circle, the core, is filled with followers of Christ. So here's three qualities that we said to look for. Three qualities to look for as it relates to friends. Three qualities that relates to those who should be inside of your inner circle and my inner circle. The first one is that they're following Jesus. We already said it. They're not a check-the-box Christian. The trajectory of their life is following Christ following Jesus. If you're a guy, other guys. If you're a girl, other girls who come alongside of you and they are following Jesus. And the second one is that they are encouraging you to follow Jesus. They're the type of person who is encouraging you in your faith. They're the type of person who like Jonathan to David and David to Jonathan says at multiple times that Jonathan went out and helped King David, who's an Old Testament figure, find strength in the Lord. That you and I are to have people who encourage and help us strengthen our faith. People who encourage us on, on the journey and that we can be a source of encouraging. Hey man, I'm gonna help you follow Jesus. I know right now that uh, you want to um, make uh, irrational decisions because of whatever's going on. You just broke up. I'm gonna be here to support at late in the middle of the night. I'm here to come alongside of you because you're feeling like temptation. You just wanna look at pornography. I'm gonna come over and not just say I'm praying for you. I'm gonna come right now and pray for you. People who will encourage you in your faith. They're following Jesus, people who are committed to encouraging you inside of your faith. And then thirdly, people who will speak the truth to you. People who will speak the truth to you. Uh, it's so sad. Proverbs 27 says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. That a true friend will love you enough at times to tell you the truth and tell me the truth and wound me. And here's the thing about wounding, no matter who it's coming from, it never feels great. But Solomon would say, man, if you have true friends, there will be times where they speak the truth to you and they're faithfully, faithful to wound you. Do you have friends in your life who love you enough to say, man, I see this in you. Has anyone ever brought this up to you? I feel like the way you responded then was, was a little off. Has anyone ever told you that before? Am I crazy? I could be wrong. People who love you enough to speak the truth and who you love enough to speak the truth, that inside of your inner core, they gotta be following Jesus. They gotta be people who encourage you and help strengthen you in your faith and you in theirs, and then people who are willing to speak the truth to you. Here's the application for tonight. We're about to come close, land. Some of you guys, this Sunday, you need to come to Watermark at 11.15. You need to be a part of the community formation groups. If you've gone through the membership process, this is your Sunday. It is your time to step out, to change your playmates and your playgrounds. If you wanna step away 
from whatever relationships you feel like are pulling you down and you're like, yeah, am I just supposed to be lonely all the time? Is that what you want from me? No, the Bible doesn't want that for you. It wants you to have the best relationships, most healthy relationships you could ever have. And the means by which we attempt to create environments to do that here at Watermark is called community groups. It's the single best thing we do. If you have to choose between the porch and community groups, go to community, be in a community group every single time. Go to community group every single time over coming to the porch. It is the best thing that we do here. This Sunday at 11.15, you can go to watermark.org um, and find out more information about getting into a community group with community formation in stage 2C, stage 2C in the tower, in the tower, second floor of the tower, second floor of the tower, in your phone, 11.15, uh, second floor of the tower across the community formation groups. Some of you need to delete phone numbers. And you're probably not going to because you're like, ah, come on, you know. But there's people in your life you just got to cut off. And they keep pulling you down. They keep tempting you. You may need to leave here and make a phone call. You may need to set up a meeting. But Solomon would say, you cannot break a principle If you go against it, it will break you. If you run with fools, you're gonna be a fool and you're gonna pay for it. And I'm gonna pay for it. It's not like a, uh, man, the pastor's exempt. All of us will. If the people inside of your life and inside of my life are not following Jesus, if the people inside of your core and inside of my core are not seeking to encourage and motivate me uh, in addition to following their faith, faith and speaking the truth, you and I are not experiencing what God's design for us is as it relates to relationships. In conclusion, our friends are stronger than our convictions. Our friends will determine the future that you and I have. And then Solomon says, man, choose your friends carefully. Let me just address this last, last thing. I think that the biggest obstacle to this, the reason why so many of you are not gonna actually apply and not gonna do what Solomon says is because that emotional feeling of like, man, yeah, but I just can't, I can't leave my friends behind. Like, that just doesn't feel loyal and I care about them. And I really think, you know, they, they kind of need me and I need to be there for them. And, and, you know, I can hang out with them on the weekend and just show them a light and uh, still, still go to wherever they're going. And I'll just kind of try to be different. And here's what I want you to know. You are leaving your friends behind by showing them a watered down Christianity a Christianity that really doesn't change kind of everything, that really doesn't do anything too dramatic, that still allows me to have one foot in the wall and one foot out, you're leaving your friends behind. You are showing them and you're confusing them. You're showing them that, hey, this kind of faith thing is really not that big of a deal. You're like, like if you and your five closest friends got into a plane crash and you were the only one who was able physically to walk. Everyone was, it was injured to the point where they really couldn't walk and you were like, man, I would go get help for all of us, but I don't wanna leave my friends behind. You were deciding you're gonna leave all of them behind forever. Or you can decide, man, I'm gonna go get help and then bring that help back. Bring others around that can help my friends You, if you are deciding that I'm gonna kind of live this halfway in, halfway out Christianity, you're leaving those friends behind. You are doing the very thing that you're trying to avoid and it is confusing and it is hurting the name of Jesus. The God who is there is looking for a generation just like ours 
who will come together and say, man, we're gonna lock arms as believers in Jesus. Every single one of us needs one another. We need relationships of people who encourage us, hold us accountable, and spur us on to love and good deeds, myself very much included, probably more than everybody here, because I know that inside of my heart, there's just a tendency to run from God, to run towards things that are gonna hurt my marriage, hurt my life, hurt me in general. And every one of us needs that. And here's what I know, the capacity or the ceiling on which God wants to use your life wants to broaden the reach that you're gonna have in terms of reaching people, the ceiling on which he's gonna use that is capped. If you reject one of the primary ways that he's gonna grow those roots deep, which is the people of God inside of your life, who's inside of your core are the closest relationships you have, followers of Jesus. Are they following Jesus? Are they willing to speak the truth to you? They love you enough to speak the truth. And are they encouraging you inside of your faith? Do you have people you're running with like that? In addition to this Sunday, tonight, you can go tonight upstairs afterwards. We have something called First Step. It's a chance for you to find out just the ways to connect and step forward into other relationships with believers. Life is hard. But it is so much harder when you walk through it alone and you were never intended to. Even if you've got friends, if they're not friends, like the ones that Solomon describes and Paul lays out, they're not friends like God intends for you to have and me to have. Let me pray. Father, thank you just for the wisdom that you gave us from Solomon and his Proverbs and his teachings. Would you protect us through the provision of your people inside of our life? You say in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty God and the shelter laid out all over scripture is your word and your people. Would we abide in deep relationship with your people? And would we experience the protection and provision of you in that? I pray for my friends in the room who know that they need to walk away, who know that they need to change their playmates in their playground, that you would be enough, that you would win in their heart in the midst of how challenging and difficult that really is to step towards new relationships. Would you win and would you move, my friends, into deeper relationship with you through deepening their relationships with other Christ followers in their life. We worship you now in song. Amen.